Welcome back to another episode of The Passive Hang. This is episode six. Now, three years ago, I was on quite a journey. I was cycling around my bicycle in China and then Japan. And during this trip, I met many characters, many special people, many people that I still refer to, talk to, and am inspired by to this day. And one of these people is Callum Black, and that's who is featuring on this podcast today. Callum, I think I met him about three years ago. We were both going to this music festival up in the mountains. I shared a bit of sake with him over that weekend. But after that festival ended, we kept up our friendship. I could really feel that this was a person who was pursuing something special in his life. Callum is a self-described karateka, which means a practitioner of karate. And because of this, he has designed and pursued his life goals around this practice of karate. So he resides in Tokyo, Japan, and he chose this place because of his devotion to study the art of Kyokushin karate, which is full contact karate. Callum is a guy who really takes following your passion to the next level, but it's not only his discipline in how he keeps on pursuing the art and his devotion to it that inspires me, but also how he reflects on his practice because like others that I've had on the show, he really uses his physical practice to to help with his own sense of self-development and learning. Now, Callum isn't just all talk. He's also won an All Japan Championship, and I think he's in the process of training for another championship run as well this year. So it was really interesting to get into the mind of what it's like to be in these type of high-pressure fights. And I think I got a lot out of how Callum places himself in the mind zone when he's in this high-pressure environment, how he trusts in the process, trusts in the training leading up to these moments. We cover a lot of other things such as Callum's own backstory and what led him to Japan. But I won't ruin the surprise. I'll let you guys listen on. So this is The Passive Hang, episode six, featuring Callum Black. I I like this because this gives me a little juncture then to ask you. Well, maybe like let's give a brief intro of like who you are, uh, who you are. And then like you're in Tokyo now, obviously. Maybe... Mm -hmm a lead up to the events that brought a man such as yourself all the way to the crazy city of Tokyo in the apartment sure, yeah. of a 83 year old Japanese grandmother. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can uh, do my best at telling you about my journey up till now. Um, okay. So where did it all start? Well, firstly, I'll go back to when I first moved to Japan and why I, I moved to Japan. Um, so yeah, as you know, I'm my passion is karate, uh, karate do, the way of karate, and uh, yeah, I've been practicing most of my life. I started at the age of six. Um, my childhood dream was to come out to, to practice with the Japanese masters and learn from from them. Um, the way my life, my 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 teens and uh, my early twenties panned out. Um, I realized that, you know, you really have to go for your dreams, you know, you have to try and 
follow your dreams. And that's that's basically what I did. I was lucky to have the support from from my dad and from my, my friends and stuff, you know, who all really supported me. And uh, yeah, I made the move when I was, I think 25 was the first time I started living here in Japan. Uh, I'd been a year, the year, the year before, or two years before I'd visited for a short period. It was sort of for about two months. I was down south actually at that time. And I was here for karate. I was invited to a dojo there. And I was training traditional karate at that time, uh, which is, that was my childhood background. Um, things changed though, because when I moved, when I moved to Tokyo, I, uh, I was introduced to full contact karate. And that's, that's now uh, what I do, you know? Um, and I but, guess I, uh, I, I want to dig into a bit how, like, you, when I first met you, you said that you, you were from Jersey. And I remember right. when you were saying, oh, yeah, I'm, f- I'm from Jersey. And for some reason, I just thought it was like, you know, like New Jersey, like uh, right. yeah. y- you were like from America. And then you're like, no, it's like a small island <laughs> south yeah. of the yeah. UK. So yeah. maybe explain a little bit about that, that sure, yeah. in, in mean, Jersey. And then like, I guess, comparing that to now entering into Tokyo, which is like the biggest city on earth and, and that right. transition yeah. there. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, it was certainly a huge transition, one which uh, I'm still trying to um, yeah, get my wits around sometimes, you know, like being in such a big place like Tokyo. But uh, yeah, I'm from Jersey Island. Jersey sits um, about 20 meters away from the north, northwest of France, actually. So uh, the Normandy area, we're about 20, sorry, did I say meters there? 20 kilometers from uh from France and uh, yeah um, we're part of the British Isles so we're like a uh, an in well we're kind of independent but uh, we're also part of the the British um, uh, colony sort of thing so uh, but it's a very very beautiful place very peculiar as well I mean we have our own government so obviously we have our own laws which means um some people may have heard of jersey in terms of like the tax we've we've been known to be a bit of an an offshore tax kind of place if you know what i mean um but yeah i mean our, our main attractions are you know we've got beautiful nature there um some of the most beautiful beaches in the world i believe i'm not just being biased but really really beautiful places and uh, yeah, the people are very kind, very open. It's very islander-like, you know. Although we're like a, we've over the years, I think we've become more of like a an OFC, like an offshore financial center. Like that's probably our biggest uh, industry now. But prior to that, it was certainly tourism. And uh, yeah, a lot of the people from mainland England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, they moved to Jersey. Uh, include that includes like my father who did it who made the move about 35 years ago and never looked back uh, he was lucky enough to meet my mum in Jersey who was Jersey born and yeah then I was I was put on this earth you know so um, yeah it's a special place to me it's always going to be my home and I always like introducing it to people I mean obviously when I told you about it you you said oh, maybe New Jersey but that's okay that's most people's assumption you know um, but yeah, it's nice to kind of tell people about it, a little bit about the history. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm always trying to get people to visit there if they're, they're in the UK, 
Uh, it's a one hour flight from London, easy to get to. I recommend going in the summer months where, you know, we get, we obviously get good hot climates, but as I talked about the beaches there and everyone's really, really having fun in the summer, which is, which is nice, you know? How many um, people are in uh, Jersey? Now, I think there's about 95,000. So it's quite highly populated mm. for, for the size of it. The size is only 13 kilometers uh, by eight kilometers. So uh, I think in square mile or well, square miles, 45 square miles. Um, I think I told you about it, but uh, last year I, I did a very personal challenge, which was to walk around the island. Yeah, um, yeah, so that that was an incredible experience because I could really see the beauty of Jersey, you know. Um, but basically, I did this walk uh, with my, my best friends. We did a walk around the island um, and it took us about 17 hours. In total, uh, the distance was about 77 kilometers. Mm. So that was the whole circumference of the island. But uh, yeah, uh, a beautiful so you place. probably really grew up knowing like a lot of everybody in Jersey. Well, yeah, there's a very close community there. That's one thing I you know, I really am grateful for, like, I've got my, my best friends, you know, like, uh, we, we grew up together, literally, like, all the, t we were together all the time, you know, you know, our, our parents were very close friends, you know, some of us live five minutes away, some of us, I don't know, at most 20 minutes away, we were all meeting at the beach or the park or wherever we were going when we were young kids, but it was really nice, you know, we grew up with that, and that's, that's what's kind of kept us uh, you know, strong friends now. The way the way we are now, you know, my best mates. I can talk to them about anything, and although they might be the other side of the world now, it still feels like you know they're just a, a little way away. You know, so it's, it's definitely a, a plus. How how did I guess karate find its way all the way over to Jersey, and then and then to you? Yeah, like, good. Were you yeah, sent, good were you sent to, to karate? Did you? Like me, watch the Karate Kid when you're growing up, and decided you know right, this is what okay, I want to yeah. do. So, yeah, sure. So going back to the start, then. So I was six years old at that time. Me and my best friends, who I grew up with, as I mentioned, uh, we were all put into this karate school by by our parents, you know, who are also close friends, and uh, very very lucky to to have a, an amazing first teacher. Uh, it's funny actually. I heard from him yesterday the first time in a while but um this this man is incredible not just as a karate teacher but as a as a gentleman you know i learned so much from him from the age of six up until i left for traveling and went to university so yeah a good 15 years of my life i was i was with this man i was learning from this man not just the martial art but all about like values that karate teach you as well and just his character you know i learned i bounced off it i learned from it you know and yeah, yesterday was really, uh, maybe it's because we're talking now and I'm talking about him, but um, yeah, he was like a father father figure to me, you know, um, and and he, he feels the same way and he's very proud of me, of what I'm doing now. I'm living my dream, doing my karate out here. Um, but I always, I always remind him it's because of you that I'm doing it, you know. Um, but yeah, anyway, the... The kids thing, we started as kids, uh, a few of us, uh, well, a few of my ba mates, they basically 
they dropped out early as kids do. They get into karate or any kind of sport or martial art or something. And then they usually lose interest within, I don't know, a few or maybe a year to five years of doing it. Um, and then me and my other very good mate, Ollie, we carried on. Um, Ollie carried on till about 13, 14. He did well. He got up to his brown belt. He never quite made black. Um, and yeah, he, he quit as well. But at that time, I'll be very honest, I was close to quitting as well. You know, I was interested in doing other things. I love football, or soccer, as you call it. So I was interested in going to play footy with my mates. Um, it always, I was in the football team as well. So that, that often collided, you know, like with the karate, the karate times and, and when the football training was. Um, but then I had my dad there and my dad, he always pushed me in a, in a positive way, you know, and, uh, he always, he always said to me, no, Callum, you're going to karate. There was a bit of strictness there. There was a bit of, you know, you kind of have to do this. Um, and at the time, well, at least before the session, before the training, I'd be a bit moody, you know, about it. But once I'd do that session, once I'd get that session and once I'd get that hard work in that sweat, that you know, what I loved, I knew I loved it. It's just kind of that little initial push to get into it. I would feel great and I would thank him for it, you know. And to this day, it's the same as, as I said about my teacher there. I, I'm so grateful for, for having my dad there to, to push me and motivate me. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's luck. I'm very fortunate, you know. And what is it about karate that that you love so much, you know, because like you mentioned, yeah, I mean, other, other other people dropped out. They probably had all their reasons. Right. You know, it was probably the easier thing for you to just go and start playing footy with your mates. Um, that, other other than your dad, it must have been something inside you. Well, that's it. It certainly was. And um, I mean, if I look back over all these years, um, not I suppose, as I talked about my teacher there, you know, he was certainly a role model towards me and I kind of aspired to be like him and his character and you know to do the same as him one day to teach and um but yeah also this feeling that I'm talking about you know once you're doing the 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 motions once you're getting into your your kihon which is known as basics you know your basic techniques once you're really putting your all your might into this move or into these moves into these sequences and uh you know the feeling after, you know, if you if it's whether it's kihon, kata, or kumite, which is kata is like the different forms, different movements within a form sort of thing, different sequences, and then kumite is your fighting, um, and yeah, of course you get thrills from 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 all, but yeah, particularly your fighting as well. Uh, I just love the, the the feeling from it, and there's just this. I suppose when everyone's working hard in the dojo, when everyone's sweating and as in karate and martial arts, in other martial arts as well, they have like, um, well, karate we call kiai. And kiai is basically uh, a shout from your spirit. That's that's the best way to translate it. And we use kiai when we do uh, our, our techniques, you know. So even that whole energy there that builds up not just within yourself but the whole class doing it and if you're all fully focused and this energy is all going into this ki it's a very it's a very amazing feeling for me you know and that's still to this day that's what i that's what i get my kicks out of you know and even more so here in japan because they're very focused on these type of things you know your ki and your your key your spirit you know it's, 
it's a it's a very uh, important part of it all um so yeah there's that um and yeah i mean in without blowing my own trumpet um i was actually quite quite good at it you know i shouldn't really say that as a karateka the modesty is the main main thing to maintain but yeah i, I was good at it. i was going to the uk i was competing i was winning um you know so that as a, a teenage kid that was that was nice there was there was recognition at that time as well you know um you know i was getting recognized not not just um on a local level but also in the uk they asked me to go over and to compete but unfortunately because of the situation of Jersey being a little way away from, let's say, Manchester, which is where most of, that's Northern England, that's where most of the competitions were happening at the time. It just wasn't, it wasn't uh, doable, you know, with my schooling and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, I just enjoy it, you know, that's the main thing. I think with anything, you need to just enjoy what you're doing. And uh, yeah, that, that's what I did and I'm still doing very much so. Yeah, I love how true you were, especially during your formative years, because I reflect back onto my formative years where yeah. I was, you know, really swimming very heavily, you know, almost every yeah. weekend competing Sim similar mm -hmm. like you, you know, my mum was quite, mm -hmm. quite strict in a good way and just saying like, you know, you mm -hmm. should stick with this and like, you're good at this. But at some yeah. point, you know, I also deviated. I also started, you know, like focusing on my studies, doing all this, um, doing right. more of the, 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 yeah, the other stuff or the, the normal stuff. Um, and right. I actually fell a little bit out of love for it for a while because mm. I was training so much and, um, I was feeling yeah. kind of isolated from it, but right. Okay. Like, did you have those sort of feelings or, you know, when you grew up, especially around like 17, 18 year old age, you know, mm -hmm. you finish school, there's a lot of pressure on you afterwards as to what yeah. you were going to do. Was it just clear to you to do karate? Yeah. I mean, it's a very good point because yeah, particularly the later teens, you know, when, uh, after I'd finished school and uh, my next step was, was uni, you know, and I was going to uni. I wanted to get off the rock as, as all us Islanders, say we say we need to get off the rock you know because <laughs> as much as i love it it's just a small rock and you know everyone knows everyone it can be claustrophobic and stuff like that but by that time we're all itching to get out and see the big world sort of thing um, and that's the same with me um but yeah when i went to uni of course there's these initial distractions meeting friends going out doing what uh, you know first year uni students do um but i found that Although I had these, uh, to be fair, I didn't take time off karate. I never have, but uh, I was I was training less that first year of uni. But I was I was training. This was the important thing. Maybe twice a week at that point, once or twice a week. I found the dojo in the uni, which helped, which was very convenient, and it just kept me on the straight and narrow. You know, like it it does. I I find if whenever I deviate, I kind of need I need to come back to my karate to to get back to my, my basics and, and know what I, I do best and I enjoy best, you know? Um, but I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, when you go through a lot of, let's say, hard, hard work, hard training pressure, perhaps as well. Yeah. You can, it can, you can feel like you're, you're isolated. And I suppose I've had times like that. Um, more so in recent years, actually, when I've been competing out here, you know, when nothing, 
I've done nothing but karate, you know, mm. work and karate. And, you know, I mean, when I say uh, karate, I mean, I've been training like, you know, for certain tournaments five times a week, six times a week, you know, sometimes up to five hours a day. Mm. And it's, it's hard, you know, it's been, it's a hard, hard graft for me. I'm not a professional fighter. You know, my dad always wished, you know, and he still does, if he has enough money, he would support me to just do it professionally or to just be my full, full-time thing. But unfortunately, I have to work on top of that. And as you may know, Japanese work culture can be quite uh, draining as well. So that on top of the training, uh, so that, you know, uh, that was a lot for me. Hence why I took out, took some time out last year, uh, which we can maybe talk more about when I went down to Okinawa and stuff. But uh, my point is, yeah, uh, you can you can feel like giving up, let's say. Um, well, I, I've sometimes felt like giving up on a few occasions, uh, maybe before uni or earlier on, um, even last, not giving up last. I'll never give up. That's the wrong word. But um, it's just about, you know, sit, getting a bit of thinking time on just, you know, thinking what you've achieved up to now, you know, stuff like this. And uh, yeah, just, just battling on you know you'll always I, I like that it's like you know it's like your return to center you have this activity which is your, your center and your yeah you're like life's great project that keeps on happening that's it that's it and uh yeah i'm very uh grateful i have that you know I've, uh, and it's not just down to my own work and discipline but it's also down to others as well through their support and um yeah i'm, I'm very lucky to have that Maybe bring us through, like, so you're through university and then yeah. after after that, you know, was there a conscious decision after that that you were going to start, like, informing where you were going to live and your life's decisions based on where you can do your karate training? Like, well, talk a little yeah, bit about I'm, that transition. Sure, sure. So university, as I thought briefly there about the first year, um, I, you know, I took the foot off the pedal a little bit. I was only training once or twice a week, but then I was doing other stuff, a little bit of Muay Thai and stuff, which was my first experience of that. Um, but then, yeah, second th- and third year and fourth year of my uni, I was training much more. Although I was much busier in terms of being in the library and studying, I was training much more because that, that was my release. You know, that was if I was stressed from doing my, let's say the fourth year, doing my dissertation for six to eight hours a day. I'd go and do a good training session. I'd feel great again. I'd I'd want to be writing again. You know, I feel like I want to get back into the dissertation because you get you get you renew your energy. You know, mm. um, so yeah, university was basically a time where I knew karate is my life. You know, no matter what kind of obstacles I have in the way, otherwise, such as a dissertation or your degree or whatever, uh, karate was going to help that. That was going to facilitate that. You know, so. Mm. Um, yeah, I realized, yeah, my next steps, I'm always going to practice karate. And then, yeah, the transition from there, I went back to Jersey. I went back to Jersey. I was working in a, a company. Um, and it from the start, it was only going to be temporary. I, I always wanted to travel the world or parts of it. And this was in the back of my mind. Of course, Japan as well was in the back of my mind at this point. Uh, well, even earlier, I thought about going there, as I mentioned, coming to train with the karate masters, let's say. Um, but uh, yeah, I went back to Jersey. I saved my pennies. 
then I went off traveling. I traveled uh, most of Southeast Asia and then went to Japan. That was my first experience um, with karate in Japan. Uh, did, you my get first to, experience. did you get to practice at that stage when you visited? Yeah, yeah. That's, that was my purpose. Um, that's why I came. And I actually, it was very good. I had an invitation to a dojo in, um, uh, in Kobe, so between Osaka and well Kobe is next to Osaka should I say um so I was training there for it wasn't long it was about I think a month about a month um but then from there I came to Tokyo I visited a friend in Tokyo and then at that point was when I first saw full contact karate and I, I had about three or four sessions in this dojo outside of Tokyo uh, and I loved it and I got the real like you know I really wanted to to try it again you know so the uh, and then style because, of karate that you were doing before, um, like you can only hit in certain parts of the body, is that like, um, that, what's that, the difference? Uh, sorry. So, okay. So we have two karates I've, I've done in my life is, uh, one is traditional. That was from childhood up until about 25. And then after that's full contact, the difference between the two is basically full contact is, uh, yeah, real fighting where we, when, in terms of the kumite, in terms of the fighting that we do, it's um, it's real fighting. And what I mean by that is there's no protection when you fight. You're going at 110%, especially in the tournaments. Um, it's an extreme discipline because you can't punch to the face, although you can knee, you can kick, uh, and you can use other parts of your body towards the face. Um, but if you're, if you're competing, um, then you know, the, the goal uh, towards your opponent is to, to knock him out or to knock him down. That's how you win those fights. Whereas traditional karate, or what some might uh, say is semi-contact, they use the mitts, they use, I mean, the, the gloves and um, the, uh, you know, the, the leg shields and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And it's all about point point sparring. So you, you get a point, you know, for like, it's it's very it's a very uh, skillful art you know you have to have a lot of speed and agility in your movement and uh, it's what you'll see in the olympics when it finally when it comes around you know this is the traditional karate sport karate whereas i moved away from that to full contact karate um but what i love most uh, you know when i first saw it when it, when it first caught my eye was you know, the intensity of the training, you know, I, I was lucky I, in Jersey I, through my teacher, he was very strong. He was, he was always drilling us, you know, basics are most important. We were doing a lot of stamina at that age as well, but it was just a whole different level. The, the kind of the work ethic in the dojo with, with the one I went to was like, wow, this is, this is more me, you know, this is more hands-on, this is real sort of mm. thing, real, more practical, you know? So yeah, that's when I, my love for it started. But I, um, from there, um, that was only a very short time as well. From there, I moved to Australia, your home country. And uh, I was there for uh, just under a year. My best mate was living in the Gold Coast. And uh, yeah, I, I heard of, well, Kyokushin Karate. That's, that's the main full contact karate. That's the one I, I experienced a little bit of during my travels, my first travels in Japan. And then went to Australia and I searched for a Kyokushin dojo. Luckily there was one not far from where I was living. And basically, yeah, I was training in it for just under a year. And that was my, my start of my journey with that style, you know? Um, 
I love this because, you know, when I think for most people, if you hear about like full contact, full contact karate, see some videos of it. I mean, it, it's like the MMA stuff. It looks super, super scary. Like I I don't think I've really taken a full, full punch at times. And you guys, uh, no mitts, no nothing really going at it. That's right. That's right. In your head, you know, it was just clicking the other way. You were, you were like, oh, this is it. I guess it brings a different energy to how you approach the fight, right? Like when you know sure, that sure. you have no protection, it's like you oh, versus the sure. It's the whole the different person. mindset. Mm. Yeah. Um, but as I said, it's an extreme discipline because what you're doing is you're, you're going full at it with, with another skillful practitioner who also wants to knock you out or to knock you down, right? Um, so, you know, you have to have that kind of, I don't know how to say this, but you don't, you don't want to like, you don't want to hurt, really hurt the person, but at the same time, he, he might want, or she might want to hurt you, you know? So you have to have that kind of mentality, you you know, you've got to, you know, give it your all sort of thing. Um, I guess maybe but, this is a good time to dive into like the mentality you take into, hmm. into the fight. Like when you step into, sure. do they call it a ring or, or, or where, wherever, like what's running yeah, through your the, mind? What are you um, reminding yourself hmm. of? Right. Well, that's a good question. I mean, um, so if you asked me that five years ago, when I started competing in full contact karate, I would have said lots of nerves and lots of fear. And, uh, you know, as I just said there, oh, what's he thinking? Is he going to, does he really want to hurt me? Does he, what's he going to try to do? Knock me out and stuff like that. So this is at the novice stage, you know, when I'm just experiencing the tournament fighting and the full contact for the first time. Um, but as, as the years have gone on and I've developed, you know, my, my self-confidence before I fight, let's say, and, uh, you know, I've, I've conditioned myself physically and mentally, um, Often now, my my thoughts before a fight are a lot more um, relaxed. You know, um, I just try and I just focus on my basics. You know, like thinking of some techniques that I might do during the fight. Um, I also like to remind myself of the hard work that I've put in. You know, this this acts as a motivator. Um, and then I've you know again it's all learning it's all learning for me i'm still learning you know i'm still i'm still trying to reach my potential you know with with this full contact fighting and particularly in tournaments um but yeah i mean i feel like i if i know that i've done my best up until the lead up to the fight this this itself relaxes my mind before the fight you know i feel like i can do no more Mm. i just need to go in there and do do my thing do do it as best as i can you know um, you may be aware of the the concept or the word ishokenme. Ishokenme means to give one's full might, yes, to give mm-hmm. your full and everything. And this is very much um, underlined in Japanese culture, right? But particularly within the martial arts. So it's important if you, you know, if you give your your full might, if you give everything you have up until your your fight or your grading or something, put hundred percent into it, then naturally the good things will happen. Mm. But if you skip a day or you haven't put in 100% or, you know, there's things that you could have done better, then you'll find when you get to the fight day, you know, there's thoughts, all these thoughts, you know, whizzing around your mind, which shouldn't be there. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, 
Um, but now, yeah, I, I feel fairly relaxed, actually. Um, well, fingers crossed. Uh, there's a tournament in two weeks. Um, this is my next tournament. Uh, I haven't I haven't fought in over a year because, as I said, I took a little bit of time out there last year. Um, so I'm very excited. I'm very excited to, to get back on the tatami. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I can... I can give it my all that day as well. But I have I've, the training up to now. I've, there's certain things that's happened recently in my training and I've had some great experiences and, yeah, I feel very strong, um, both physically and, and mentally as well. So, yeah. We'll and when you're, when you're in the fight, like how much of it yeah. is you recalling a lot of those basics and sequences versus, you know, you're in the moment there, there's this, yeah. there's this, guy well, coming at you you gotta yeah. do something yeah. you know how much of it is just creativity in that well, moment it, it very much yeah it's very much that to be honest with you um there's not really much time to think um you know there are you know certain times where you you step away perhaps you can kind of you can kind of think of a, the next technique to do but honestly this is this is one of my thrills now this is what i get because there's, it's, it's kind of no mind, you know, this whole idea of no mind and just being totally present. You very much are so totally present. You're fighting for your life, let's say, that that kind of feeling, you know, so there's nothing else to focus on. You don't have time to think or... Um, so that's what I mean. The, the build-up towards it, so that's why it's so important. That's why it's so important to drill your, your basics, your techniques, so that they become natural to you when it does when it is time to fight, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, when I fight now, like one of the obstacles I still have, um, one of the challenges I still face when I fight, particularly at these high level tournaments against very good fighters, um, is being able to relax fully, you know, have calm, calmness and composure. It's very hard to do in the heat of battle, you know, when someone is coming at you with very strong punches and kicks and you want to retaliate but have like anger is the worst thing to have you know like during that time because you'll lose i don't know you I, for me i just i'm not in control um whereas really i do need i need to be com calm and composed uh, i need to be in control so what i'm saying is yeah trying to to remain calm in the heat of battle that's what i'm still working on basically yeah. But that only comes through experience and through your training as well, you know? So, yeah, I think, yeah, like you can do all the preparation that you want, but especially in that, yeah. in that heat of battle, as you say, that's when you're going to get yeah. really tested and when exactly. all sorts of emotions can come up. Sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still, still working on that, but, uh, yeah, I think the more I, the more I practice, the more, experience i have in the tournaments you know the more the more calm and composed of a fighter i am so you you watch the world champions you watch these guys how amazing they are not just technically but their whole composure is such a thing you know it's incredible and you know, particularly the japanese fighters they have such great what we'd maybe call poker face you know like they don't look like they're hurting or they're they're knackered from three three minute rounds you know they just look like so composed and you know that's what i kind of want to be like you know uh, but you know when you're really you know going for it you know you're letting the emotion out sort of thing um it's it's hard to maintain you know but it's all it's all practice so 
after Australia, you, um, yep. that's what, that's when you decided you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give Japan a, a real go. I'm going to go over there. Yep. Like what, what happened right. during that time? Okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, I love the Australia, by the way, I must add uh, great place, great people. Uh, I lived you. on the Gold Coast, which was, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. Me and my best mate and I, I, let, I lived with a couple of, uh, Ecuadorian friends as well, surfer dudes, you know, we were, we were right on the beach and stuff. So my life was very, very nice there. And I could have easily stayed there is my point. Um, but actually, uh, I knew what was waiting for me in Japan, you know, the karate, I'd experienced the full contact stuff now. And I knew I had to go there if, if, if I wanted to, yeah, fulfill my potential as I talked about. Um, and yeah, to go back to Japan, I needed money. So, um, you know, I, I need not just money, sorry, that's the wrong thing. I, I also needed a qualification. I, I have a business studies degree, but to go to Japan and use my business studies degree was, was no use really because I had none of the language. So I knew that in order to, to live in Japan and work there, I'd have to start teaching. And it was, it was always, uh, an interest of mine anyway, especially after traveling as well, because you see so, you know, so many opportunities as an English teacher teaching abroad. So I thought I'll go back to Jersey, which I did. Uh, I got my teaching quals, my, uh, my TESOL course all, all, all wrapped up and got some experience along the way. And then, yeah, straight out to Japan. No, no real plans actually. Um, apart from, start working, start training, find a good dojo and, uh, yeah, try and fulfill my, my dream, you know? So how does uh, that happen normally when you, you know, you go, just go into the city and you need to find a good yeah. do dojo? Like, yeah. well, uh, like I mean, there must I be said, heaps of dojos, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well there are, there are, there are hundreds in Tokyo alone, you know? Um, but as I said before, I'm a believer in, in fate. And like, if you, you know, if you have a good intention in your heart and, you know, you're, you're ready to really to give it your all at something that you dream of doing, then it will work out. You know, you just have to have that self uh, confidence and faith, you know, faith in yourself. And yeah, that's exactly what happened. I mean, of course, I knew after the full contact karate experience, I knew that was what I was seeking, that I wasn't just going to Japan to continue learning traditional karate. I, I wanted to change. I wanted to, to step it up a gear, let's say. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, I could have went back to the Kyokushin Dojo, which I, which was where I first saw full contact karate and experienced a little bit of, um, but that was all the way outside, uh, Tokyo. It was like where I was situated at that time. Um, I was on the Yamanote line, which you'll know, right? Uh, sent, uh, I was like, yeah, near Ikebukuro and to go all the way out to, it was like past Hoya way. So Anyway, far, far northeast. Uh, it was going to take me like an hour and a half commute just to get there. So um, uh, at that time, I started living in a shared house. And this is what I mean by fate. Uh, this guy, this Japanese guy, um, he, he, he told me about this dojo in uh, Takodana Baba, which wasn't too far away. He said, you should check it out. It's a full contact style. It wasn't Kyokushin. It was what was formerly known as Seid or Kaikan, which was also a very strong full contact style here in Japan. Uh, and I thought, okay, I'll go there. Uh, I went there the next day, literally 
I think within a few days I went there from, you know, just first, um, you know, setting foot in Tokyo. Uh, and then, yeah, I went to the dojo. I met my sensei, my sensei now, and just had a really good feeling about it all. He, he let me watch a class first. Uh, then he could speak a bit of English, so that was that was helpful. Um, but he asked a little bit about my experience and stuff. I didn't tell him too much, but yeah, I said uh, I would I would love to try a beginner's class, um, and that's that's what I did. I went the next day. He, he allowed me to join the the beginner's class. You could obviously see I'd done it before, and uh, yeah, I mean we just had a great connection from the start and from there I, I felt there was no need to go back to the other dojo I felt very comfortable very quickly and uh, that was very important to me because I was in a foreign land I was very much alone as well so having that 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 comfort from from my sensei but also the the nakama as we call them like the the fellow karateka the fellow your colleagues or your workmates your teammates they were all very nice as well and uh yeah it just kept me there and there was so so much about this dojo as well it had a long history it was actually the um the hombu which is like the main headquarters uh it had some great fighters throughout the times there uh, particularly k1 fighters uh so there was there was that kind of excitement there you know like you know maybe i have the chance i could maybe be like some of these guys that's how i was feeling you know and uh i have two teachers one one who I just talked about, but also the other who he's also, you know, very well known in Japan. He, he had an, an excellent fighting career and also a very, very good karate teacher and more so uh, an excellent uh, role model as well, you know. So I looked up to him suddenly and yeah, I was like wanting to be like him as well, you know. So yeah, I mean, although I have my, my own drive, without a doubt, without these people, you know, I wouldn't be able to, to do what I've done, you know. So I'm very thank, thankful towards them as well. Yeah, it really sounds like in karate, you know, you have this, this such a strong bond in the environment mm. with your teacher and, and your your fellow fighters around you that yeah, you sure. all grow stronger together. And I can see quite easily how if you enter into a place like that and you feel that energy, that that can quickly become like your, your home feeling. That's it. That's right. And it very much did. I mean, you know, it, it, it felt like home to me, you know, just being able to put on my doggy, uh, being able to train hard, just, you know, to sweat with these guys. And, you know, like, uh, you know, it just, it just felt nice because I, as I said, that it wasn't easy moving to Japan. You, you, you've experienced it yourself, right? You know, you're in a total different culture. And I, I mean, if you don't have any of the language, it can be very difficult starting up here you know but that's where karate it saved me you know this well it was my purpose anyway but do you know what i'm saying i mean it helped other parts of life uh, become a lot easier as well yeah it sort of like so, con connected you to to the place right yeah exactly so but yeah and i'm still there now although i must say we've changed style well not changed styles i said formally said okay and our new style is uh shinsekai uh, my my teacher, after a few years there, decided to follow another kancho, uh, another um, karate master, let's say. Uh, and because of that, you know, there was at the time I wasn't well. I was sure I was always going to be loyal towards my teacher, my first teacher out here. Um, but uh, yeah, basically, I'm following following his footsteps now. 
but we we have a great dojo not far from that original dojo uh and yeah that's that's where my my time is spent you know i love this Here because it it also goes to this um you speak about it with such deep respect you know with all your teachers i think you know these days say like a lot of people with going to fitness trainers, like you might shop around for fitness trainers, right? Like, you know, one month there, another month there, but you know, your first teacher was like for 15 years. And now this teacher is for how many years, like five, six years, five years, six years, nearly. Yeah. So yeah, I, I strongly believe in, in the, the idea of being loyal to your teacher, you know, because not only, <clears throat> does he give you so much you know in terms of knowledge and and you know experience but you know his time this is one thing in particular i've learned about the japanese teachers here their time their dedication you know it's their life it's their livelihood and very much so mine as well but they're you know this is what they do they they teach they love it as well that this is what's so amazing and this is what draws me to it you know their passion you can see it when they're teaching so yeah, I just feel I have to, you know, I have to stay loyal to to this teacher for now. And um, yeah, I mean, it is important. It is important to, you know, to be loyal towards your teacher and to follow his steps. I think you know, especially if they have put so much time and effort towards building you as a as a karateka and also a person as well. You know, so mm. but. Now I'm very much good friends with my my teacher as well. You know, we I sometimes teach him English. I help him out with his English, and uh, yeah, we've we have our our social occasions as well, which is a, is a good laugh. You know, so um, yeah, is a is a real bond there, real human connection. Do you know, what I mean, it's not just a teacher student thing. It's more of a, a a solid friendship as well now, which is nice. So maybe delving a bit into what you actually like uh, personally practice, you know, on a week to week basis, mm. what does that currently look like? What, what do you do? Okay. So currently it's, it's intense. I mean, um, I've got a tournament, as I say, in two weeks, two weeks this Sunday. So I'm training basically every day, usually Sunday's a rest day. Um, but, um, I mean, well, the way things are going at the moment, actually, <clears throat> this week has been an exception because the dojo has been closed because of this whole mm. pandemic, which is, yeah, we hope, we hope gets gets better very soon. But it's opening again on Saturday. Um, but anyway, previous to that, I was in Thailand. I may have talked to you about it, but I was there for the purpose of hard training. I did a what they call an Uchideshi camp. I'll talk to you a little bit about that. What does Uchideshi um, mean? Uchideshi means living student. So basically, all I was doing was karate. I was there to train under under an amazing, an amazing karate teacher, a living legend, someone actually from from your neck of the woods. Uh, I won't mention names, but he's he's a, he's a he's well known. He's very famous worldwide. Uh, full contact karate um, shihan, uh, which is like the the title of a master, basically. Anyway, this this guy is like an idol to me. I've followed him for years now, and he's like a, a role model, and I've always wanted to learn from him. But he 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 gracefully puts on this this Uchideshi course where he allows people from all over the world to join him in Thailand, and he basically gives them an experience of what he had. 
he was an Uchideshi student for a thousand days in Japan back in the, I think it was the late 1980s under the, the founder of Kyokushin Karate, you know, he was. So this is where know, like he was just doing karate like every single day for a thousand days. Day. Exactly. Yes. I think he <laughs> wow. had hard day every two weeks, but yeah. I mean, if you do a little bit more research yourself, you'll find him. He's in your area. I mean, he's got his own dojo and he's very successful there. But what, what a man, what an incredible man and uh, what an experience I had. Basically, I went there. Uh, I trained under him for about seven days straight, intense training. You know, we were up at 5 a.m. every every morning or sorry, yeah, about 5 a.m. wake up and then we were running for 6, 6 a.m. We started our our hard training you know and it varied from you know running across the beach to through the through the ocean uh sprinting up hills uh climbing up uh stairs in all kinds of ways you know um but basically very intense training uh so we'd do a few hours in the morning and then we'd do a few hours mid-morning to afternoon and then a few hours again uh in in the evening so yeah i reckon all about six to seven hours a day of of real hard training you know so i did that for a week i did that Mm -hmm. for a week and it it really was an incredible experience i learned so much and not just from the shihan but also from the other people that joined throughout the world and uh it was a it was an amazing experience i mean i'd never experienced something like that i'd been through a lot of challenges i have been through a lot of challenges with my karate training and and stuff but uh yeah that parts of that was on a different level you know because you're just you're just immersing yourself i was dreaming as, as i was sleeping i was dreaming of training it was kind of like that you know it was it was incredible but we loved it all of us loved it and uh what i i learned so many things from them uh inspiration wise uh but i mean the whole idea of training together you live together so you i we had a roommate i don't know another aussie roommate really nice guy he you know we kind of pushed each other we were we were battered and bruised every day we were knackered fatigued you know the heat as well that's another factor um but you know we we pushed each other right, come on let's do this we you know we've got you know i don't know hard session this morning but we can get through this sort of thing just giving each other that encouragement and then when we were learning from the shihan he was just he was so encouraging and he just pushed us through our limits, um, which is exactly what we want. So I came out of that a lot stronger. This is, you know, not talking too much about the camp, but basically I came out of it a different, different person, different mindset, you know, I feel very strong in myself. And has, my, my, has that experience shifted a little bit about where you want to, to head or like your direction? Uh, well, it just, it, do you know what it is? It's perfect timing because as I said last year, I took a year out of full contact fighting because I, I wasn't hundred percent after I basically trained, yeah, trained like mad for four years, competing up to three or four times a year. You know, as I said, it's very tiring, you know, it took it out of me. So I needed a little bit of respite. I went down to Okinawa and, you know, and did a bit of traveling stuff like that. And it was nice. It was refreshing. But then I came back to Tokyo in January with the idea, okay, I'm getting back into this. I'm still young, you know, still 30 years old. There's a full contact fighter. You still have at least another five years. Uh, hopefully injuries don't, you know, disturb that. But um, yeah, this all this camp did was just filled me with more motivation, more self-confidence, more, you know, 
I'm ready for this more fire in my belly. That that's a good way to put it. I have more fire in my belly, you know, and, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm I'm pumped for this this tournament in a couple of weeks, um, but this week has been a, a bit of an odd one because the dojo has been closed. I've not been able to maintain the, the stamina drills and things like that, but I've been still doing my own stuff. Um, so a typical day today, for example, I was running this morning. Uh, that includes like doing my dashes, my sprints. Uh, I usually do sprints according to the rounds so i think the next tournaments is uh, two two minutes two minutes two minutes if it goes the full distance so i try and do it in interval training stuff like that like for, then a, full, I come home. for a full two minutes you'll be sprinting yeah i try and yeah try and sprint i don't you know you tire like you, i can't maintain the full sprint but i do try and keep that you know that strength going with because the, it, the, the it, that's the intensity your heart is almost working at right during when you're Pretty fighting much, yeah exactly yeah some of these fighters especially that just love to brawl you know they just go at you straight away you know i talk about trying to be calm and composed but that's very difficult when guys are just throwing punches at you at the speed of lightning you know so you have to try to you either have to try and be technical and, and move away from that or try and you know join in you know what i mean and when you join in your heartbeat is going like that um so, yeah, preparing for both situations, really. Uh, and then, yeah, I just did some, some work at home. I mean, uh, I've been doing... The great thing about this camp was I learned so many more uh, drills and strength and uh, conditioning, you know, which I hadn't, I hadn't known of before. So I'm keeping that in my, in my own training now. You know, like simple th- core exercises, uh, you know, I've told you before, I love doing my core exercises, my plank and my press-ups, sit-ups, squats. These are all things I always do. Um, but, I mean, there's other ones now that I'm adding into this, which is, which is working really So I, nice. had, I had a bit of a, a look around uh, at that aforementioned teacher um, and he had some yes. clips of the, of the training camp. And there, right. there was a few, a few clips of, I think there was, there was someone kneeling over with a guy doing sit-ups on top of him and then there was, yep. there was you who was yeah. punching into the guy <laughs> as he was yeah, sitting yeah, up. Is, is this one of the secret training methods to get yeah, well, <laughs> a that's very strong core? That, yeah, yeah, for sure. That certainly does, uh, does strengthen your core. But um, that's the, the early morning session as well. Luckily, we haven't eaten breakfast by that time. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's tough going. It, that, do you know what one, another question? Uh, a crucial lesson that I learned during the camp was the hard work, the, the pushing your limits stuff that needs to come early. That needs to come in early morning. So this type of mentality as well, I've tried to maintain coming back to Tokyo. You know, I can be one to stay in bed a little bit, but now I'm trying to get up early. I'm, I, I did this at the camp. I did this easy, you know? So now, you know, do you know what I'm saying? I can now implement that to my day to day stuff. Um, so going for a, a run or a sprint in the mornings, early doors now is, is no problem, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have to send you a, a few more clips from that camp. Cause I think you'd love to see a bit as well, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was just an incredible experience and it's helped helping my trainer now as well. But yeah, Dojo reopens on Saturday. Um, so it's going to be a, a full fighting class. My fighting class is, on Saturdays, they often last about five hours, four to five hours. And uh, is that is that you fight, w- fighting for four or five hours? No, no, no. So what we do is we build up towards the sparring. Um, so we'll do we'll do some some key on some basic techniques. Then we'll move more into like 
fighting techniques and drills we'll then do like uh well, before all that we do a substantial warm-up as well you know mm. get the heart rate going doing the ladder and uh you know stretching things like that and then we move into the sparring now the sparring can last up to well it depends but depends on the tournament and the 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 minutes of the rounds and stuff like that but often an hour a good hour a solid hour of sparring you know where you're varying from it's usually sets of three three rounds so you do let's say before the all japan tournament we would do it as there so we would do three three minutes sorry three three minutes and then we'd rest for a minute or two then again three three minutes then again so we do about 10 10 of them you know uh sometimes 15 it depends how my teacher's feeling uh, but yeah it's it's tough it's tough and then on after the after the the sparring we're, we're then doing the hard stamina work which is often like mitt training or sandbag training um and then we do like conditioning as well like what you saw in the video we do similar stuff here in tokyo where instead of like punch in the stomach we we a guy's stand or jumping on your stomach you know you're doing a hundred oh. sit-ups and at the same time <laughs> he's like jumping on your stomach with his with his heel you know so yeah things like that so um, this is how you condition yourself to take a hit i can i can see yeah, see how it develops <laughs> that's it uh but yeah i mean through time it does you know the the thing is as well there's no secret in it there's no secret to becoming strong or to becoming conditioned you need to you need to take hits you need to be able to go through the pain and through the, the anguish you know there was the first few years mate i was hobbling around tokyo i was every every day after the especially the saturday classes i was hobbling for a few days after because my legs weren't conditioned um in traditional karate there's no low kicks mm. so that was a big that was a big difference for me you know i had to learn how to condition my thighs and and you know my shins and stuff so but when you when you when you get a corker i think you call it i learned that word from an aussie recently yep we call um, it a cork a cork right sorry yeah we call it dead leg right when you get a dead leg um yeah it can take a few days to recover but i was getting them all the time because my my core fighters my my nakama they knew that was my weak spot so they were just targeting it but they were doing it i've thanked them now you know because my legs are fine now i could take a good a good low kick to the thigh no bother so yeah i like but that it's all a part of it like you're alluding to that you know it's part of the process and you got to put in the work and then over time that's it the body can do amazing things, right? It can really adapt to to sure, things mate. which a few years ago probably just would have knocked you for dead, right? Like one that's dead right. leg on the floor, that's it. That's it, my friend. So, yeah. But I can also say, you know, from knowing you and your journey, it's, it's very much the same, right? You've mm -hmm. also put a lot of hard work in, and I truly respect that. That's why I think we connected from the start, you know, because we had similar interests in our, in our passions and our, what we love doing and we would we were dedicated to the task ahead you know and i look at you now when you're doing all these acrobatic cool movements and stuff and yeah i i really respect you for that too mate because yeah it, it takes a lot of time and effort you know and uh i know that, that you appreciate that as well so yeah good on you thanks man um i really appreciate that um, no, you're doing great. well one thing i I wanted to touch on as well. I know we've spoken about this a bit before in our previous chats, but um, is your 
is your act, act of journaling and taking down notes, especially oh, yes. as a part of the learning process after your sessions. Maybe do you want to go through some of how you approach that side? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the act of journaling or the act of reflection, I, I think it's so important now to me. It's like I do it, uh, you know, secondhandly I, I mean the first thing I do after I finish the session is write some notes but I mean I first got the idea when I moved to Japan um, and it was initially it was because I thought you know my dream is my dream is to you know to one day have my own dojo that that's the ultimate dream to, to teach karate to to share my knowledge what I learned from Japan to others you know when when i if i end up back home in jersey island or i don't know where i'll end up but it was basically taking a record of what i was doing and then i realized there was a lot of benefit in it you know there was a lot of benefit in, um you know writing down the positives of of what i'd learned and the new things i'd learned and then i, I call it the pip do you know this method so the, the positives so write the positives then the I, uh, signaling improvements, what you can improve on, and then finish with some positives, another positive reinforcement. It's it's a it's a, something I teach my my students as well, like my my English learning students, because it's a great way for uh, reflection and you know to kind of self criticize yourself, but at the same time you know finish positively on it. Um, so yeah, I was doing a lot of PIPs and. Uh, yeah, then I thought, well, the first kind of lump writing I did, if you want to call it that, was uh, when I was made to. When I went for my, my black belt here in Japan, what's also mandatory, you don't just do the practical side, you, there's also a theory side as well. Um, and my theory was to write a report, like I think it ended up about an eight-page report, a four-page report of the whole experience from day one up until I got my shodan, which I successfully achieved 2018. Um, but it was, it was amazing. You know, I had to really think back from, and I'm, it was kind of like what we're doing now. I'm talking to you about when I first started and I was talking, I wrote all about the journey, you know, and uh, then I, then I wrote about the, the test itself. And, you know, as I talked about the, the good points I thought I did well on, but also what I can improve. This is always the main, the main core of the writing, you know, what I can improve on. Um, and yeah, becoming a black belt, you know, it doesn't, it has a lot of different um, meanings, but for me, I learned particularly through the writing there. It's just the beginning. It's, it's like being a white belt again, it's a new perspective. And uh, yeah, through this writing, I could, I could gain a lot of new perspectives on, on what I was doing and why I was doing it, you know? Um, and then, yeah, I just keep up the journaling now. I mean, talking of this Uchideshi camp, this uh, camp that I did a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I'm writing my recollections of it all. My initial um, idea was to do it during the camp, but I just had no time. I was just training, eating, sleeping, training, eating, sleeping, you know? So, Luckily, I took notes during that time, but I didn't r manage to write a nice, tidy journal. But that's what that's what I'm kind of working on now. And as promised, I'll, I'll send you that in due course. Still got another, give me another week or so, but getting there. I'll, I'll be lo highly looking forward to that. <laughs> nice one, mate. Um, awesome. Uh, 
Uh, or was there anything more on on that? that no, sorry, to... no, no, no. That's right. No, yeah, go ahead. Mate. <laughs> I guess you know, looking to the future now, um, mm. you know, what's in your immediate sort of plans? Right. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I I decided I decided at the start of this year I was coming back to Tokyo, and it was to to fulfill my potential with with full contact karate, and uh, yeah. I've not really talked about Okinawa, but I actually went down to Okinawa to to move away from full contact karate and go more traditional again, or Okinawan karate, learn more about the philosophy and things like that. Uh, and then I had a realization, it was a great experience, but I had a realization that I can do that later on when I'm a bit older, you know, when I can't move as fast or, you know, I'm not as subtle. So um, I thought, okay, and plus motivation from others, particularly this camp as well. I've just I realized, no, I've, I've still got potential. I've still got, this is, could be my best years, you know. I just need to train hard, refocus. I feel uh, rejuvenated from last year's, not year off, but, you know what I mean, not fighting. So I feel fresh. Um, and that's, that's, the, that's the plan this year, hopefully four tournaments. Tournaments, they're not everything. They're by no means the, the meaning of karate. That's, that's no way true at all. But what they do is they put you in a, in a focus that would have put me in a focus where I, my mind changes, my lifestyle changes, you know, I have, I have a goal to walk to the work towards. Um, and it, you know, it involves a lot of hard training, but you know, there's no, no better feeling for me. You know, I buzz off life, you know, a few days before the fight, I'm in tip top condition as long as I've put the, the work in and I, and I'm ready, you know, I'm, and I feel great, you know, I've, you know, other things in that I would maybe do, maybe go out, partying and stuff like that I, I don't do any of that you know I just focus on what what I really love and um, yeah it's uh, it's the plan it's the plan this year I just want to do my best in my training and uh, hopefully do well in some tournaments uh, there's the all Japan at the end of near the end of the year uh, I feel like uh, yeah I already want to do well in that this year as well but if I do, if I can't you know uh, get a place in it I'll, I'll 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 never give up I'll keep going and uh, I'll hope hopefully next year but I feel strong I feel good and uh, hopefully good things are to come you know yeah I really love how you put it like you know you use these things to really help help you focus yeah, yeah. and that's sometimes on my side I'm I'm training for for the learning but i don't have the out and out events um the exhibitions and i do see you know right. that can be of real great benefit to hmm. um i guess it's like a double-edged sword maybe that can also yeah. become everything but then in a way that can also make you more focused than ever to refine your craft that's right yeah i mean yeah we all have different goals and stuff but yeah i mean for me the ultimate thing is i enjoy it you know i as i said there when i'm in that that uh, and when i'm in that condition uh, you know there's no better feeling for me you know um so you know i kind of strive towards that as well but i mean you know goals what what did bruce lee say he said a goal isn't always meant to be achieved it just simply acts as something to to aim at mm. you know so it's more like the process, you know, that you enjoy towards the goal. Yeah. Uh, whether it, the outcome's great or not, it doesn't really matter, you know. What's important is you give it your best during it and and you embrace it, I suppose. You mm. embrace the whole experience. So that's what I'm trying to do. 
I love that. And um, yeah, I know in a lot of our conversations, always a lot of great yeah. quotes. I know you're a, you're a very big co- collector of it. So <laughs> yeah. I was, I was uh, waiting for you to, to give me another good, good one. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, he's, he's a legend of a man and I'm, I'm reading a lot about him recently, actually. Hmm. He, was, he was such a, of course, a great martial artist among many other things, but more so a philosopher, you know, how he thought about life. And, you know, I know... I know we are also very much thinking a lot about it and this is why we do what we love because, you know, I think it, it gives us more insights into to many different things, you know, but uh, yeah, I like, I like talking about it too, you know, so. Awesome. Well, I guess for all the listeners, listeners out there, if they ever wanted to, you know, to, to see your work or to you know, see you fighting or get into contact with you, yeah yeah how would the best way be to go about it oh great well uh firstly that would be amazing uh, you know if some someone's interested in what i'm doing that's really nice and to share to share my story with others and others share theirs with me would be would be great um i mean i could how could i do this i mean if they're interested in watching some of my fights from previous years I could perhaps share my name in Japanese in katakana, and if they put that in Google, there will things will appear, mm-hmm. uh, including YouTube clips as well. Um, Maybe if you send that across to me, I can put them in the episode notes for this one, and then right. they can they can Google okay. that. Sure, uh, and then on top of that, how else could we do? It? I mean, I'm not a big uh, social media user, but I have Instagram, and perhaps I post things on there or. Um, if it, if someone would really if someone's really interested in stuff, I could perhaps give you my email. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not used to this sort of stuff. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for now I can give you my name in Japanese, and then if you have any, if anyone contacts you and would like to contact me, then I could give them my my personal email address, and we could maybe talk over that. You know. Awesome. Yeah. If just think. All right, mate. Yeah. Just if any of the listeners are out there. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm good. sure they are. Well, if if those listeners are out there, I I really hope you keep listening to this amazing man who's doing this podcast today. Um, I certainly will be tuning in from now. Uh, again, yeah, I just want to congratulate you and you know say well done, mate. You you know you're taking a big step and uh, yeah, fair play to you. Keep keep doing this because I I always tell you anyway, but. I always love listening to you. Your, you, you know, your insights and the way you articulate things. It's, it's very, it's very good. So yeah, those listeners out there, keep listening in, and I'll do the same, right? And then I want to hear some of your your stories too, please. Definitely. In in future episodes, I'll I'll I'll, I'll do a few more just self story spots, I think, or maybe I'll yeah. I'll do a, a reverse where someone comes in and yeah. asks me questions i think maybe that one yeah yeah that that's a good idea well. yeah yeah we can pick your brains as yeah. well yeah <laughs> but um yeah i nice. really really appreciate your time today no thank yeah, you you've been it's very been generous a, thank you no your time means a lot thanks so much fam. and that's it another episode of the passive hang that was episode six and really appreciative that Callum made the time to jump on and have a chat with me. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I know it was something a little bit different outside of the more specific movement culture, but I think there's a lot of parallels that you could probably 
possibly find from that conversation with the way we approach our own physical practices. Remember, if you like this podcast, please forward it to a friend, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify, really helps me. And if you want to get in touch with me, ask me a question, feel free. You can find me on Instagram at P. that's at P-H-A-O-N-P. Send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks.